you the final play. Take me through it. Well, I'm the best corner in the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Don't you ever talk about me. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Master Plan. I'm your host, Michael Filipkowski, and today, you know, it's actually a really good day. Red Sox, I believe, just played game 82, so we are right at the halfway point of the season, um, and we're talking about the Red Sox. So, you know, all good things today. Um, they won, which is always a good thing to have happen. Actually, sorry, played game 84 today two off joining me today um the one the only um you might see him on twitter maybe not so much today but usually on other days jack procopus jack welcome back thank you dude thanks for having me looking forward to this uh different topic usually one on the patriots but today we got the sauce yeah usually we're on the patriots or usually we're talking tennis but that's that's usually not on a podcast that's usually just me yelling at jack about you know (laughs) how he needs to get better. Anyways, um, you know, I, I think that the Red Sox season, I think, at least for me, I've been pleasantly surprised. I mean, listen, the team is 42 and 42. They've won 21 games at home. They've lost 21 games at home. They've won 21 games away. They've lost 21 games away. They have a plus run differential. Like, they're better than I thought they would be so far. I still think, you know, that – that other shoe still has to drop, you know, but they've been very good against the AL East, which has been the best division in baseball. Um, and they've had quite a few injuries this season. So they've kind of dealt with a lot of different things and they seem to be, you know, good enough right now, at least to be watchable. They're definitely watchable. That's for sure. Um, but Jack, you know, we've been talking about it a lot recently and not you and me specifically, but just Red Sox fans in general. Um, with the trade deadline looming, you know, what is your thoughts? Do the Red Sox buy? Do they sell? Is it a mixture or do they just do nothing? I mean, you know, there's a lot of things to consider right now. Yeah. So with where they're at, you know, you're in fifth place. And I know this is a great division, but in order for them to buy or to make a splash at a rental, at least you'd have to be in at least third place. There's no question. They're not going to make a trade for a guy who's going to be here for the end of the year and then enter free agency. Um, the only reason they would buy, and I'm not talking, you know, your Tommy fans, your Reese McGuire's, if they made a big move, it would be for a guy who's going to be here for multiple years. He has team control. Yeah. Um, so they're not going to buy heavy. Uh, I, I could see a little buy sell like they did last year, you know, out on Vasquez, out on Deekman, in on McGuire, in on fans. Well, I don't really know if that was out on Deekman so much as he was awful and the White Sox wanted him for some reason, but continue. Yeah. But you, you get the point. You know, you get the point. Um, and they, I think they made another trade too. Um, but the point being, 
is it's probably gonna be another buy sell strategy granted where you're at i think there's a good you're gonna get a lot of value for james paxton the guy's been absolutely shoving he's pitched incredibly well um he's getting deep into games his, his heater is, is has gotten great velocity and he's, he's getting strikeouts like the guy has pitched ex- exceptionally well so you could definitely get a lot for him and i see him on the way out unless they think they could uh lock him up maybe on a two or three year deal after this and they have confidence that he can stay healthy in that duration um and then the other guy i see value in is duvall you know he's got power on the right right side he can play all outfield spots well uh he has playoff experience he is a world series champ so i think they can get something for duvall too but you're not going to get anything for kike hernandez or Corey kluber obviously who are the other one-year guys um, and then those are just about all the all the one year guys, right? And I don't see them personally. This is this is kind of the big thing is you know yeah they're probably going to move on from Paxton and or Duvall and they don't have much value otherwise, and they're not going to make a big rental splash. It makes no sense logistically. Uh, the question is, what are they going to do with the two year guys? Justin Turner, Kenley Jansen, Chris Martin. What are they going to do with those guys? For me, they can definitely be more competitive next year than they are this year. This was kind of a transition year, getting the youth up between Casas, Wong, Duran, Whitlock, Houck, etc., Bayo. This is kind of a transition year, a bridge year, a reset the tax year. If they're going to spend in the offseason, commit money to an ace and maybe a position player too. Or, or an, Shohei Otani and, you know, just or, let's or make it happen. they somehow gave Otani $500, $550 million. However they spend their money this offseason, they're going to be in a more competitive place for next year. Does trading Justin Turner help you if you're gonna get gonna get a prospect or two who's gonna be ready in two, three, four years? No, because you just need another DH. What about Kenley Jansen? No, because then you just need to go 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 get a closer again. And the other part you gotta look at is, you know, with another last place finish, how's ownership gonna view Heim Bloom and his job security? If Heim thinks he has to protect protect his job a little bit, he's not. He's not going to trade the two-year guys because that just makes his job harder. He has to go get more players in the offseason. It makes the next guy's job easier because he has more prospects in the system. So for me, you you hold on to the two-year guys and let them play it out next year, and you get what you can for Paxton unless you want to extend him, and you get what you can for Duval. Yeah, I mean, I do agree with Paxton Duval. I don't think that – I really like Paxton going to a team like the Diamondbacks. I feel like that's a team that could really use a guy like him. Nice veteran presence on a team that's playing very well. I think Duvall's on his way out as well. I just I don't see that those guys I don't see those guys staying. Um, yeah, I mean I think either Chris Martin or Kenley Jansen is gone. I I can't see we keep keep both. It makes you know relievers. You know as much as listen as much as I love Kenley Jansen as much as I love Chris Martin, relievers are a dime a dozen. I mean one year they'll pitch great, the next year yeah. they're you know, it's like they're, they're very so exactly they're very volatile, and I'm not saying you know that oh, Chris, you know, I don't want these guys to play badly, but I'm just saying that there's no evidence to support that. Hey, next year they're going to be very good, and especially with how old Kenley is. I mean, he's still a very good pitcher, but you know, he's not even on, he's on the wrong side of thirty. He's on the wrong side of thirty-five next season, so he's not he's not just old. He's like old, old, and so I think that you know one of those two guys that. Is it going to be a difference maker for some team that's looking to make the playoffs or looking to shore up the bullpen? And I think that one of those guys is going to be gone. Now, as for the question to whether Bloom will be the the general manager next season, um, 
you know, I kind of feel like he will be. I don't really feel like there's any indication that he wouldn't be. Uh, I know people have discussed it, and some people are angry. You know, oh, I'm isn't spending enough money, which is true. But it doesn't really seem like that's all him. It also seems like ownership is supporting that. So I don't really feel like they're going to cut him after this season. It really makes no sense. The team is not really in any position right now where it's like, wow, do we expect them to be any better? Like, not really. Like, this is probably some of the better baseball we're going to see from the Sox this season. I don't really, like, I don't really envision us playing any better. Like, Kike Hernandez sucks. Christian Arroyo sucks. But, like, who else is going to play? Like, they're, they're not good players, but they're – we got no one better right now. So, you know, I don't really pin the blame on him. It's not really that Alex Cora either. It's just kind of the the result of winning a World Series in 2018. Like, yeah, you had to let some guys go. You had to keep some guys. I think you're absolutely right when you say we're looking ahead to next season. And we are. And so I think that really it's how do you set yourself up for a good offseason? I think that's a lot about acquiring some some prospects potentially. I think that's also about, you know, fixing fixing some parts of the team. I mean, you know, Trevor Story's a, a great guy, but who knows what he's going to look like when he comes back. Is he going to be able to play shortstop? If no, well, you got to find somebody who can play shortstop because if I have to watch Kike Hernandez attempt to play shortstop for another season, I'm going to blow my brains out because I watched a guy today. It's like it, it, it's some of the – I can't even describe it. I feel like if I were out there, I could do a better job. He just has no clue how to play a position after 84 games. So I think the real conversation now is, you know, obviously Heim is definitely, you know, I I wouldn't say his job is secure, but I definitely think he's talking to ownership. And if he feels like he has a job, at least for the offseason, he's not going to make any moves. He's he's not going to make any moves that I think would – make this season into like a a do or die season. I think he's more thinking ahead to the future. um, If, if he's going to have a job now, if he doesn't have a job, he's just going to buy whatever he can because he needs to, you know, secure the job. So I think that's definitely an interesting, something to look out for when, when the trade deadline approaches, but you know, Jack evaluate the Red Sox for me this year, who have been the strong parts, who, who have been the, the bright shining stars of, of the Red Sox clubhouse and who have been the, the dim bulbs that we need to throw out. Yeah. Um, so you look at the team and how it was built and you see the struggles where you trusted sale to be your ace. And although he ended up, you know, after a few Rocky starts, he ended up pitching tremendously well. He got hurt inevitably. You also trusted Corey Kluber to be a high end rotation guy. And he failed. And Paxton, I don't think anybody expected this. And Bayo's been great. But that was kind of a flaw. You can't. You trusted Sale and Kluber, and they both failed you. Um, and Pavetta, don't forget about Nick. Yeah, you trusted Pavetta, but he always, when, when the rotation got healthy, you got to remember, Bayo, Paxton, and Whitlock all started the season on the IL, so it always felt like Pavetta was kind of the odd man out, and he was going to work his yeah, way to the bullpen. Um, so yeah, that's the starting rotation. Bayo's been great. Paxton's been great. Everybody else, pretty disappointing. I, I with yeah. Lock and House, the stuff looks good. It's just it's not totally translating consistently. Yeah, I mean they're young guys that need more experience. They're not. They're not. They're not. You know, stellar pitchers yeah. yet. Yeah, 
they're both still very young, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the lineup, like, Duvall's been not great since getting back from injury, but Duran's all around played awesome. I think the I think the biggest maybe surprises are how well both Verdugo and Yoshida have played. Well, okay. Yoshida. All right. Maybe surprises to you, Jack, but I distinctly remember saying before the season many, many times, you know, last season I had Alex Verdugo on my fantasy team, and God bless him because that man – is maybe the most underrated player on the Red Sox every year. Even even when he's playing well, it still feels like people, you know, don't really acknowledge how good of a hitter he is. Or, you know, today when he throws a guy out at home play, people don't really acknowledge, oh, hey, you know, this guy's a pretty good outfielder too. Like he's not, you know. No, I I, um, I predicted both of them to hit over 300. They're damn close. In the 800s. Yeah. I think Verdugo's maybe been the MVP of this team to date. I mean – He's certainly, I think, their their most likely player to to make the All Star game as a reserve. Both of them have been great. Devers, personally, he's been iffy. The power's there. Um, I would say underwhelming. A lost. Right. I mean, listen. I, I love that he's hitting home runs, but he's also hitting two forty eight. And this is a guy who, you know, consistently before the season was, you know, I mean, he was hitting what he had two ninety five last season, two eighty the season before. Yeah, I mean. I'm not totally worried about Devers' batting average. No. When his OPS is in the 700s, yeah, that's something we got to watch. Um, and his glove has been shaky as of late. Costas now started very cold, but, you know, May and June, he was one of the Red Sox' best hitters. I don't He's know. just not playing enough. you, uh, you yeah. got to play him versus left-handed pitchers. Same goes for Durant. And then Wong? Wong's the second-highest-rated catcher in terms of D-war, defensive war. And the bat has been hot and cold, but all around it's been right. I mean, listen, I don't think I don't think any of us I don't think any of us went into the season saying, "Oh, you know, Connor Wong, if if he's not hitting, this team, you know, isn't like I don't think anyone expected right. that." Right. You prioritize defense with your catcher, and then the bullpen all around's been fantastic. You know, Winkowski's broke down as of late, but all around he's put together a really nice season. Obviously, you mentioned Kenley and Martin earlier. Martin's been one of the best relievers in the league. Um, yep. The bullpen definitely took a hit when Schreiber went down, but he was nasty as always. Um, Brennan Bernardino has been a very nice surprise. Yeah, he's been he's been he's been you know underrated and very good, but unfortunately, the rest of the bullpen, outside of some of those guys you've mentioned, I mean, I don't want to call them bad because I think that's almost too nice. But a guy like Ryan Brazier, Caleb Ort, yeah. and the I, fact I, that these yeah, guys. Zach Kelly, yeah, I mean, it, the fact that these guys, you know, even touch the mound in a professional game, I think, you know, is one of the greatest disservices to baseball this season. You know, maybe right behind just the Oakland Athletics as just like an organization. Um, but yeah, yeah, watching Richard Blyer try to pitch, um, it, it, it did give me, you know, severe, severe, like it made me want to throw up. That's how bad it was. I mean, yeah, that guy. I, mean, I, I couldn't stand. Brazier or, or, you know, Brazier at least starting the season with the team and Ort did too, but that was an injury reason. And then going into the season as your top two lefties in the bullpen, Rodriguez was hurt, but it was Blyer and Rodriguez. That Those are – clearly Rodriguez was not pitching well. Uh, velocity was way down. He, he was getting crushed. Liar, obviously, that's self-explanatory. He he's gotten crushed the whole time. He's I think I think I tweeted out uh, he was a war criminal at one point in the season, and I stand by that tweet. Yeah. So the bullpen <laughs> all around, it's been very good. 
but there have definitely been some. I mean, I, I think I think it's I think it's been you know the prototypical Red Sox bullpen. You have a couple guys who are really really good, and then you have a couple guys when they come in the game, you know, you're grabbing on your rosary beads and you're praying. I mean, because seriously, I mean, it's, it's better than watching Matt Andrews, Deekman, Hansel Robles, etc. Well, it depends on which Hansel Robles you're talking about. If you're talking about 2021, yes, 20. No, 2022, yes, but 2021, Hansel Robles was a different animal. That guy. Yeah, he had a score on the streak. I, I remember that. Yeah. Great memories. But back to the batters. You know, I, I take kind of a different approach. First off, Masataki Yoshida, you know, is, you know, my lord and savior. I mean, that man, he just can't do any wrong in my eyes. Every time he gets up to the plate, I'm like, yeah. this guy is the reason why I, I am watching the Red Sox because I'm with you because he just he just he he just feels like a Red Sox player he's kind of a little bit he's a tough guy he's he plays hard he plays good defense he hits the ball a lot he get he makes so much contact it's crazy you know he got hit today he got hit by a pitch and you know Cora comes out he's like oh do you want to leave the game and he like runs it off he got like hit with a 95 mile an hour right right on like the the shin bone he runs it off. He gets the first base. Like he's all good. I love I him. Say though, Yoshida, he was scaring me the first. I don't know. Few. Weeks. Yeah, but you had to kind of let him settle in, and I think definitely, definitely. You know, since then, I mean, you know, he's saying three hundred five. The first, you know, whatever month of the season, he's saying like, like yeah. one fifty. So he's been like yeah. excellent since then. Which and you know, Michael, what I think's been super surprising is what everybody worried about in the scouting report was can can he keep up with. MLB fastballs, can he, is he going to be able to catch up to the heater? And his run value against forcing fastballs is nine. I, I think, I think, listen, he's been incredible. I, I think people are so stupid. I think so. And I don't mean to, you know, be, you know, offend anyone, but 95% of the people who get on Twitter and talk about baseball, I think, actually don't even watch baseball because, you know, I can't catch up to a fastball. I don't think people quite understand that catching up to a fastball isn't like a real skill. Like you just, you either choke up on the bat or swing a bit fast. Like it's not really like you're changing your swing pattern that much. Like I think you're talking about, oh, can you hit a change up or a curveball? Maybe a bit different because there's actually movement on the ball. But a fastball, you know, I mean, unless you're talking about like the Laminar Express for Trevor Bauer, like there's not exactly a ton of movement on it. And so, you know, I think that first of all, and then, and a lot of people, and I said this like two weeks ago on Twitter, you know, some of you were concerned about Yoshida. Oh, can he make it in the Red Sox? Oh, you know, why do we sign him for so much money? I don't people really quite understand the value of having a guy who can just get on base. If you look at, I think this is the best comparison, hit it just pure hitting wise. Andreas Jimenez last season was literally just a pure contact guy. Like he was just single, 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 all-star second baseman. Not so good this year, but Yoshida's basically the same batter, maybe a little bit more pop, and he plays in the outfield. And I think he's been stellar for the Red Sox. I really love watching him play. I love watching Verdugo play. I have to admit, Justin Turner surprised me. I did not, you know, I I, I like the signing of Justin Turner, but he's been like he hasn't just been good recently. He's been great recently. He just he's hitting the ball, the swing path, the power is still there. And he launched another one today. This is his second home run in two days. Yeah, the power's here more so than it was last year. So yeah. how many home runs does he have now? He has 13 now. 
Yeah, he had, and that's in 84 games, I think. He's played 80 long. games, so, yeah. Yeah, and he had that many last year, too, in 120-something games. So, yeah, the power's definitely been there. And I think the big value of Turner, too, is he's been able to step in at third and first base defensively. Right, and that's what we've needed. We talked about it before the season. You can't just have your DH, one DH guy who's playing DH every game. And that was the issue with JD, and he's had a great season. I'm happy for JD, but the issue was is like we can't have JD, you know, basically only be able to play, you know, DH. Like that's basically all he did, and that was a big problem. And I like being able to have other guys be able to DH. I also think that two guys who I want to see a lot more of, you know, as the season progresses, are Rob Refsider and Jaron Duran. I think those two guys simply need more at bats. I, I think Rob Refsider is like, no one talks about him but he is not only he's he's good against righties he's amazing against lefties but every time he plays he just he looks like a good he looks even when he's not getting hits he's getting good at bats he doesn't you know he doesn't do the christian arroyo when you know there's a man on first and man on first and second he just hits into a double play like or swings at the first pitch no matter where it is yep. right i mean i i want to see more of rob ref snyder and jaron Ritt. i think those two guys you know, are, are very good players and they're young players. I think that it's time to, you know, you know, unfortunately for Kike Hernandez, I think it's time to, you know, put him on the shelf. I don't think he's quite ready for the Florida Complex League. I think maybe he's a little above that. Um, but, you know, if he keeps playing bad, you know, hey, listen, maybe we'll send him to play with Alec Manoa, you know, and if he can get some hits off Alec, which, you know, really is not that hard, um, maybe he'll start feeling better. Uh, but you know, I, what's really disappointing about Kike is, you know, I, he's he was a like, I, I, he's a very rootable player, you know, before this season, and then he does all these commercials, and you know, before you do commercials and you're a good player, you know, people are like, wow, you know, no one talks about this guy; he's underrated. But when you start doing commercials, okay, now you're kind of a face of the team. So if you play like shit, like people are gonna notice, and you're gonna call down for it. And you can't just have a dud year after, you know, doing all these commercials. And I feel like he hasn't really taken responsibility for just being a complete bum. Like, I knew Arroyo was a bum, so I'm not really surprised when he goes out there and is a shitty player. But Kike, you know, we kind of expected more from that. Now, I would like to talk about Casas because, you know, listen, I've been critical of, um, of him in the past. And I'm proud to say that I am because really... I'm not impressed. Like, I, 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 even even though he's maybe playing better now than he was at the beginning of the season, which, by the way, really isn't saying much. He's hitting 230 right now. It's not like he's, you know, some sort of godsend. But the talk before the season was, you know, this guy significantly better than Do Bobby Dahlbeck, which, I mean, let's be honest here. Even as someone who owns a Bobby Dahlbeck jersey, like, okay, not a big, like, statement right there. Um, and, I mean, he's good defensively. I'll give him that. But <laughs> like we want, we need someone who can actually hit the ball and, and hit it far. And there's been, you know, moments where we've seen that. But I need more of that. And halfway through a season, I'm like... I need more. I need more. And I'll give him the rest of the season because it's not like we're going to stick someone else at first base. But 
I mean, I, I think it's definitely going to be a big question. If he plays the rest of the season, first half like he did the second half, you know, everything stays the same. I mean, then we have some serious questions because you can't have a first baseman, you're starting first baseman on a legit contender. Oh, you know, he hit 230 with 20 home runs. Like that's not that's not moving the needle. You know, all all good teams have good first basemen. Even bad teams have good first basemen. And we can't be a team with, you know, a guy who's hitting in the five spot who really looks like he should be hitting in the nine spot. So, you know, those are concerns for me. But, you know, I think there's a lot. I mean, we've seen a lot of the youngsters this season. You know, Emmanuel Valdez, love him. Uh, Yu Chang, don't really like him that much, but some people seem to. Uh, David Hamilton, I think he caught today, right? No, that was Caleb Hamilton. That was Caleb. Caleb, Caleb Hamilton, you know, Feel free to take a you know a train ticket anywhere else. Um, you're, I mean, he sucks. He is he is bad. But you know, altogether, Jack, I know there have been good spots in that. But what do you think of Christian Arroyo? I need someone else's thoughts because I just can't talk about him anymore. Arroyo? Yeah. Yeah, I mean Arroyo is a positive, upbeat guy, but the bat is just so. <laughs> Man, there's <laughs> nothing to like really. And then the glove is decent, I would say. You know, he's pretty athletic. He's I mean, a, he know, play he plays second he, he plays second base though. It's not like he's playing shortstop. Like, yeah, I mean he's he, he was a first round pick. <laughs> who picked him? Was that uh Dombrowski or who was that? No, he was he was a first round pick for the Giants. Well, they did a good job getting him over to us because Yeah, and I, I mean I probably would imagine that Arroyo I mean with how well Pablo Reyes has played, I don't see why Arroyo's here next year as the utility guy. <laughs> I hope so. Please, I beg. Um, but what are your thoughts on, you know, give me your thoughts on on Kike and Tristan as well. Well what what are your thoughts on those guys? You know, yeah, what I mean Kike's been horrible. The the shortstop defense obviously has been really bad, mainly the throwing. Um, and then the bat hasn't been there either. And he's a hot and cold player. And he was super cold. Then he got hot. And since then, it's just been meh. Um, and Costas, I would say I, I like him more than you do. Um, well, I don't think that's not them saying that the much. I been good with Costas whatsoever, unlike you. You don't um, think so? I don't know. I like him at first base. I think he makes a lot of good picks. but He does make some good picks, yes. But like he also makes some questionable plays, like, like going to third the other day instead of letting the whole the the oh yeah throw go home. That's he, true. His he, his metrics defensively are very bad. Um, huh. But I also know he's not even in the minors. He was never meant to be a batting average guy, and and batting average has kind of become obsolete in the MLB nowadays. Whereas he's a super good on base guy. He gets a bunch of walks and he has the power there. He has a great barrel percentage. There's a lot to yeah. like about the kid. And he's still so young. He and does get a lot of walks. I will give him that. Batting average guy. If you take out April, you know, his first 20 or so something games, and he was getting settled in, and you just look at May and June, he's hit like 270. He's been one of our best hitters since May 1st. Yeah. I mean, that's true. I can't argue with that. I will say this, you know, in the words of Billy Bean, why do we like him? Because he gets on base. And he does get on base. I'll give him that. He takes a lot of walks. Um... You know, I am looking for a little bit more power from him. Like, I would love for him to be second in the, on the team in home runs instead of, you know, having nine. Who's second? Uh, Turner's second. Turner's second. I would love for him to be, like, 
four behind Devers with 16. Like, I think that that is somewhere where he should be um, because, you know, we, we do need that. But again, it's, it's young. I mean, listen, I think we run with Costas next season, regardless, you know, you're not going to give up on a guy. Listen, if you can give Bobby Dahlbeck a full season, you can definitely give Costas two full seasons. Like, I think that's, you know, yeah, and I think, I think a big thing too is the power is going to continue to come and, and, and get better. And that's a big part of his game for sure. Yeah. I think the glove's only going to get better. Uh, I think he's going to keep striking out less and less. Like I, I like the kid. I, I do for now. And, um, yeah, if he would stop back. painting his fingernails and stop taking naps before games, I would like him a lot more. But he said he's not taking as many naps. So, you know, progress. Um, progress. Now, let me ask you, because we only have a couple minutes left, but Alex Cora, what are your thoughts? Because, you know, I don't I look at Twitter and I say, Well, these people don't know anything. So what what's your thoughts on Cora? What what Yeah, what, well, I mean, he trusts his players. For example, you know, last year the the veteran guys reportedly didn't really like Casas doing the interesting stuff like you said. Personally, I don't care if he paints his nails or I don't care if he takes naps if it's working. Whatever, uh, if he wants to do that stuff, whatever. Um, I don't like and I, and I like that Cora gets along really well with his players. That's what he's kind of known for. So that's why guys like playing for him. They trust him, you know, and he relates well to them mm-hmm. as he was a player. But I think. You know, it's it's June and you still have Kike Hernandez at shortstop. It's June and you're not playing Tristan Costas versus left-handed pitchers. It's June and you're not playing Duran as much as he should be. You go, you you have mind-boggling yeah. uses of relievers, like using Kenley back to back when he's a guy who can really only pitch one. Yeah, Cora, I think, might be the worst man pitching manager maybe in the league. I mean, he is awful. Yeah. Um, so he gets along with his guys, but he can't really manage a game or put out a lineup. That's what I think. Yeah. I mean, the question is, is can you find someone significantly better? I think, you know, Dave Bush, I hope that guy, I hope I never see him again in a Red Sox uniform. Um, I will be starting to bring back Bobby Valentine, uh, you know, sweepstakes. So, you know, let's bring back Bobby Valentine. What a manager he was, um, for the Red Sox. Jack, hey, thanks so much for coming on here tonight. Uh, it's always a pleasure. Absolutely. The Red Sox, you know. Listen, I love I love seeing us beat up on the Blue Jays, although I do need Kevin Gaussman to go at least five tomorrow with no runs. So fingers crossed they can win the game after that. Um, I'm just trying to win fantasy. So thank you all for listening. Jack, thanks for coming on. Thank you. We'll be back soon with another episode on something or other. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody, and uh, peace out. The game on the line, one shot. Who would you rather have taking it, Iggy or Curry? Of everyone on Golden State, open shot, fate of the universe on the line, or the Martians have the death beam pointed at Earth, you better hit it. I want Iguodala.